0: Uh, If you will, to turn in your Bibles to the book of James, just kind of put your finger there. I'm not going to read immediately here, but uh, we're going to read our church declaration. So important for us to know and understand. If you were to, I remember when I was in school, the the teachers would say, you know, that you'd always have something to remember. They wanted to work your mind there. And say it over and over and over again, and it becomes part of your memory. And then once it becomes part of your memory, you can recite it at any given time. Our declaration today, as we read it together, let's read, My past is past, my future is bright, God's promises are true, and his word is sure. With God as my helper, I will be all he wants me to be. I will do all he wants me to do, receive all he wants me to receive, and I will give God the glory he deserves. We need to remember that today because when you remember that your past is past, your future is bright, give God the glory. Give God the glory he deserves in everything you do in your life. I'm going to tell you something today. This life wasn't meant to be perfect for you to be born here in this life. You're not living a perfect life because there's sin in this world. There's sin in this life. That's why Jesus Christ came to show us a way to a life that we can have where there's no more sin, no more sorrow, no sickness, no dying. We can go to that place. But my friend, we go there not when we die. We go there when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's how you get to heaven. So many times people think, well, when they die, they're going, listen, I believe there will be people in heaven that you maybe would not have thought would have been there, and there will be people in heaven you wonder where they're at. But with that being said, I also know that When we get to heaven, it'll be all about praising him. It'll be all about praising him. Well, as I said, I want to read out of the book of James today. And um, Sinus Valley, my sinuses, as you can tell, are working overtime. And that's all right. Uh, I will stand anyway today. Uh, You remember back, some of you won't, but some of us will. You remember back when uh, maybe we were children and and sometimes people would come to the house or whatever and they'd be selling uh, the Britannica encyclopedias. Remember those? About a dozen of them. Some of you younger people looking at me like, what's he talking about? There was about a dozen big books. And I mean, they were like the family Bible-sized books. And, and, and they were really thick and they were uh, you know a through C and, and so on and so forth and and that was supposedly all you all the information you ever needed to know about our country our history and anything basically you need you would need to know it was contained in those books for our higher educational learning remember those I remember mom and dad Stressing us children, that was a big investment. We paid for those books. Now open them. Now open them. Well, remember that. Come back to that. But all of those books and all of that information, and I have here what's called a smartphone. I'll be a first to admit, it's smarter than me. But all of that information I was just telling you about, is inside of this thing. Can you believe that? My, how the times they are changing. The times they are changing. Share something else with you. Do you remember when if you wanted to buy a Bible, you went into the local Christian bookstore, and when you went in there, Basically, you were only asking a couple of questions. What size do you want? Do you want a small pocket size? Or do you don't want a big family table size? Maybe the other questions: is, uh, do you want a thumb index? Do you know what I mean? Understand what I'm saying? They didn't ask you what translation you wanted. Right? Times, they are changing. Now... If you want to ask me, if you would ask me, I'd be very quick to tell you I'm a King James Version man. I teach, preach, and we went through just about a year ago how we got the Bible and all the different things that led up to this, this. But many people come to me and say, well, what do you think is the best translation?" What do you think is the best translation? You know what my answer would be to that? I believe the best translation of the Bible is when you translate the Bible into your daily life. I'm not here today to knock any of these various translations. I'm here to tell you that when you translate the Bible into your life and make it become part of your daily life and who you are, that's the best translation. I'm not going to knock somebody for reading the other translations that are out here. Like I said, I will tell you what I believe in teaching. But why would I knock when there are people that say I only believe in teaching? I read out of the KJV and, uh, 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 but you don't open it. My I mean, if they're opening it, it's a word. It'll lead them. So I'm here to tell you today how important it is not just to know what God's Word says, but it's more important to read it than to obey what it says. And that's where we are very critical at today in our lives. That we need to not just know what it says, we need to live what it says. We can go out of the church on Sundays and say, boy, that teacher taught a great Sunday school lesson today. Boy, that preacher uh, preached a great message today. But may I tell you, if that's the only word you get, you are deceiving yourself. You are starving yourself. My father used to say, get the word into you get into the word so the word will get into you is what he used to say. Get into the You can't get the Word into you until you get into the Word. Remember what I said the teacher said you repeat it over and over and it had become the memory? Huh? You read that scripture and you read that scripture and you read that scripture. And after a while, when you get talking to somebody and they ask you a question, guess what God's Holy Spirit will do? It will remind you of a scripture that you've read. Guess what else it will do? You might find yourself in a situation where you are wondering, should I do this, that, or the other? And my friend, I want to tell you, there will be a scripture come to you that will show you the way out. I believe it's really important for us to understand and know that, that the Bible was there not just to inform us, and it does, and we need to know that it does inform us of who we are and where we stand with God. But not only is it there to... Jesus, So you can get all the information you want, but unless you're transformed by that renewing Holy Spirit, my friend, that information will send you to hell. Do you know that? The Bible says Satan and the devils also believe and tremble. So it's so important. Let me read to you here Well, the book of James says. I don't know if I told you where. James 1. You know what, I think I'm going to start at verse 19. I was going to start a couple verses on up. But this is a good thing to include along with this. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, so who is this talking to? The church, right? Wherefore, my beloved brethren, verse 19, chapter 1, book of James. Let every man be swift to hear. Be ready, want to hear, slow to speak. Someone says, I need to talk, have time, but slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Do you understand that today? Wherefore, lay apart all filthy and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness, here you go, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. My friend, the way that you get your place, your name written down in the Lamb's book of life, the way that you can know that heaven is your home when you die is you receive the word which is able to save your soul. It says, be doers of the word be doers of the word we live in a day and age where everybody's got a lifestyle and everybody's got a a, a plan if you will and they want their plan to be heard and they want their their lifestyle to be done this with that or the other but i'm going to tell you something we need to hear exactly what the word says be doers of the word and not hearers only because if you come into the church, uh, every time we have a service, maybe it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday evening Bible study, Tuesday evening Bible study, whatever it might be, you come in and that's all you hear. And if you don't apply that, and if you don't study that, and if you don't read that, do you know what the Bible says? He says, for if you be a hearer of the word and not a doer, well, let me back up. If you be a doer, if you be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own self." Don't deceive yourself that that's all you need. Don't deceive yourself that coming to church on Sunday morning punches your ticket till next Sunday that you're a good boy or a good girl. Don't deceive yourself because that's what Satan wants us to know. That's what Satan wants us to think. My friend, we got to get it into us and we got to let that be part of our lives. He goes on down to say, for if he be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, looking into a mirror. Okay, He's likened unto a man who looks into a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and he goeth his way, and straightway, meaning immediately, he forgetteth what manner of man he was. Right away you forget who you are. My friend, when we leave this place today, I hope we leave better than we came in. When we leave this church today, I hope we leave the church today more informed and being willing to be transformed that we might prove what is good and acceptable and a perfect will of God. I believe today that if we do that, that we can be the light that Jesus told every one of us to be. I believe if we do that today, that Jesus will not only strengthen and bless this church, because you're going to see here in just a minute, he will not only strengthen and bless us, but my friend, he will build us. Do you understand that? It's never been about how many people, there's only one place I read in the Bible about how many people should attend the church. Do you know that? The Bible says that my house shall be filled. You got an empty seat. I know there's a lot of sickness out. We're usually pretty full. But he said that my house shall be filled. And listen to what he goes on down. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's God's word, and continueth therein, he shall not be a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And then guess what he says. And this man shall be blessed in his deed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. You see, the Bible's telling us there that if we allow the Word of God to get into us and we apply it to our daily lives and everything we do, the Bible will begin to transform us. The Bible will begin to shape us. The Bible will begin to mature us. To make us to become that saint that we are to be. God's word is alive forevermore. And when we do that, my friend, listen to how important it is. When we do that, he will show us how important that word is. You never know when the word of God may have to come forth from you. Remind you once again, you can say the scripture. But my friend, if the lifestyle didn't follow it, the scripture won't be of any effect. He wants us to remember who we are when we look in that mirror. He wants us to remember when we stand before God. He wants us to remember when we pray to God. How often do we pray to God and say, God, I need this, and God, I need that, and God, help me through this, and God, help me. Because he tells us to my friend, I wanted to tell you today, the more you stand or the more you pray and however you kneel or whatever you do, the more you pray to God and you just simply thank Him. You just simply praise Him for who He is and the way that He has provided. You know what? That's what's important in our lives, that we look to the Word of God, for in them is life, and in them we find life and meaning of life. There's a lot of people out there today. today, people wanting to find out what the true meaning of life is about. There are a lot of people out there today wanting to find out, uh, trying to find a true peace in their lives. There are a lot of people out there today that is trying to escape, if you will, the pressures of, of life. Sadly, you know what so many are turning to, don't you? The epidemic of heroin and other drugs. That's what so many are turning to because they just want to have peace. They want to have relief. It's not found there. It's not found there. My friend, we got to be like the woman at the well, if you will. She was counted as an outcast in that city. Was she not? But she went back into the city and she said, Come, meet a man who told me all things ever I did. And many began to believe and listen to her. And many believed on him because of her testimony. We need to be willing to do that. And what saith the word of God? How important it is. He's saying to us, listen. Just don't listen to the word because you deceive yourselves. God's word. God's word makes his purpose for the Bible quite plain, does he not? He tells us there in the James, as I said there, to uh, be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. And he also tells us quite plainly how important that is and what the Word is for. Let me turn over here, and if you'd like to turn as well to 2 Timothy in chapter 3. Listen to the Word of what God says is so important. Because like I said, it's not that you know the Word, it's that you obey the Word. Second Timothy, Paul writes and he says in verse 16, chapter 3, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All Scripture... All scripture, when you read that, it's got a lesson for us. That lesson, when you read that scripture today, it might be today's lesson, but there will come a day when that reading that you read, that lesson will come up and you'll know the scripture. All of that is important. You know what? And he says, Oh, that the man of God may be perfect. You might say, I can't live a perfect life. You're right. I agree. You can't. He's meaning mature, that I might be mature up to be the man or the woman that God wants me to be. And may I tell you that my friend, going to church every Sunday and being part of the church is a great way to help but it's not the only thing that'll be. It's not all that you need. You need to get into the Word, like I said as Dad said, and get the Word into you. And when you do that, you'll understand how great the Word of God is. Pastor, I just don't understand it. You know what? Start reading in the book of Romans. Start reading in the book. If I, if I was one book that I could tell you to read, that would probably be the book of Romans. You know, for in the book of Romans, we find the way of salvation. You know? You can read the Gospels of the life of Christ. You see, God... God here showed us, God showed us that he is the written word. And His sent his son Jesus Christ came to be the living word. And when we see that, we see that coming about. And we see 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We see how John is talking to his beloved children and encouraging them and strengthening them. You read those so many times, people say, Oh, yeah, I want to read. Well, let's turn over here to Revelation and, and let's read that. Or let's go back in here to Daniel. Or let's go and listen. If you will pray before you open the Word to read it, my friend, it will enlighten you, it will show you. I remember when I was trying to tell the Lord that he could pick somebody else, that he didn't know how stubborn this boy was, that I had seen my dad do too many things that I would not dare even think of doing. So there was no way I was going to preach his word. And you know what? Every time I would open up the scripture, I I would intentionally try to open up back towards James, you know, back part of the book. Seemed like every time I'd open open the Bible up, it would fall there in Matthew when he says, Talking to Peter, oh ye of little faith. Huh? Yeah. My friend, the Bible will speak to you, it will give you exactly what you need. You need to trust that I have opened the scriptures, I have prayed, and I have prayed, and I have opened the word of God, and guess what I began to read, and as I began to read, God's words seemed to just light up. You ever done that? It just seemed to light up and say, yeah, that's it, that's the answer, that's what I need, or oh me, it's me, it's me. I'm the one that needs an attitude adjustment. The Bible tells us in those verses, He not only came to inform us, but He came to transform our lives. And that's how He showed He would do that. And you know what He did? He came to equip us to do what's right in God's eyes. And His Word will do that for you today. There are places in the Bible where it describes itself as a hammer. Describes itself as a sword, describes itself as a scalpel. Scalpel, all of these things are designed to make a radical change, aren't they? A hammer, (laughs) that's going to make a radical change, right? All of these things, a sword, whoo, talking about a radical change, a scalpel, a radical change. The word of God, the Bible came to make a radical change in your life. And that word of God that needs to make a change in your life is you need to realize that all of sin come short of the glory of God. And you can say, "But yeah, but I know him and he goes to church or I know her and she goes to church and, and, and if they want to live like this, I'm going to tell you something. Do you think that really will work for you on judgment day? Do you think that will really work when you stand before God for Everybody. <laughs> You think that'll really work? You just go right ahead and you're going to find yourself in hell. Yeah, what did he just say? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Hell is just as real as heaven. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Do you know that? You need to understand that My friend, you can't just come to church and be a good person and think you're going to go to heaven when you die because they were such a good person. No. The best of people, God says, your best is his filthy rags. The best that you can offer is his filthy rags. Oh, but there was not a better person to walk. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says your unrighteousness, Uh uh-uh. Is not good enough. All have sinned and come short. You know what coming short means? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was a young boy, and I was telling my children just yesterday, reminding, when I was a young boy, my grandfather and my father said, son, it's just as easy to keep that car ha- uh, filled up when you get a half full than it is to wait to get all the way. You know, when he first told me that, <laughs> when I called and said, dad, I've run out of gas. Yeah, just short of the gas station. Yeah, listen to what I'm saying. Just short, and that's what the word is. That's how we look at it. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all come just short of what we need in us. Because of that, the wages of sin is death. Because Adam sinned, and the wages of sin is passed upon all of us. But do you know why? Let me just quickly, I'm going to come back to here. I'm going to talk about those just a minute, but I just want to follow God today. I want you to follow that voice, too, that's speaking to you right now as well. And I want you to hear this. I want you to say, listen to what he says. The words says, says this, Why we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. In due time, you see, they were looking for that king to come. And they were looking for that king to come and set up his earthly kingdom. Uh-huh. And overpower. But that's not what he came for. He didn't come for those people. He came for all people. While yet we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely will a righteous man, will one die. But yet, perventure, a good man, some would even dare to die. But listen to this. God commanded His Son. Commended His love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, He died. Do you have that gift of salvation today? Because it is a free gift. The Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Is that pretty simple or what? You see, you've got to get self out of the way. That hammer's got to crush you. That sword has got to cut you in two. That scalpel has got to open your heart where you think no one sees you. No one knows what's going on in your life. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. You see that? It's with the heart. It's not with good deeds. It's not with being a good person. It's not with the mind. It's not treating others. It's with the heart. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. He goes on to say that, listen... There's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. There's no difference in the life you've lived and the life that other people live. When you come for God for salvation, he washes us and makes us whiter than snow. Old things have passed away and all things become new. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, he says. Now I want to go back and I want to finish this morning's message The Bible, God's Word. It's alive. And it will speak to you. How many books do you know that have endured all of these generations, all of these centuries? You know what? The Word says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall not pass away. We need to have that. We need to have that understanding. The Bible also, I said it talked about a hammer, a sword, a scalpel. The Bible also talks about as well. Describes God's truth as milk, as water, as bread, meat, The Bible describes God's truth, God's word as those things as well, doesn't it? You see, one set of those words will tear you apart. My friend, that's exactly where you need to be if you don't know God. You need to be torn apart. You need to be broken. Because unless you're broken... You don't know that the potter has the ability to mold you anew. These words, milk, water, bread, meat, you know what they do? Give you life and they sustain you. Yeah. I have a challenge for you this morning. If you think you don't need Jesus, and then we're going to come to a close. You that don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, would you take the challenge to live the next 30 days without water, without milk, without bread, without meat? Would you take the challenge to do that? No, I'd die without them. My friend, without you realizing the hammer of God needs to break you. The sword of the Spirit needs to open you. The scalpel of God needs to penetrate your heart, give you that operation, if you will. Take out the old stony heart and put in a heart. Unless you realize that, you're going to die an everlasting death where you'll die Continually. What do you want to do this morning? Would you like to know Jesus as your Savior? When I get when I get things straightened around in my mind, when I get things squared around, no. <laughs> You're one heartbeat away from standing before God. Do you know that? You're one heartbeat. <laughs> I tell this all the whole time. If I could take somebody who. Got an attitude and say, You work with me for 30 days where I work, <laughs> your attitude would change, I guarantee it. Huh? I deal with death and dying and grief every day of the week. Your attitude would change. And I'm going to tell you something just like what you read in the newspapers and you read the obituaries, and we've all been there, we've all had our loved ones in there. You read the obituaries today in the newspaper. If you don't know them, they don't mean anything to you. But one of these days, one of these days, it'll be a loved one of yours, and it'll mean everything to you. One of these days, it'll be yours. My friend, the Bible says as a tree falls, that's where it's going to lay. That's where it's going to lay. You need to leave a testimony. You need to leave a testimony... That Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. No, you won't be a perfect person. But the Bible tells us that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that if we fail, we have an advocate with the Father. That we can come and say, forgive me. Yeah. So don't think in coming to church and don't think in asking Christ to be your Savior that you've got to live a perfect life because you won't. I won't be perfect, like David said, until I awaken his likeness. What about you today? I have spoke to somebody today. God's Word has. God's Word has spoke to somebody today. May God's word speak to you. Let's stand. While these are up here praying, I want to ask you as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, if you're here today and you know that God is speaking to you and maybe you just feel like today isn't that day and I'm not going to pull you out, I'm not going to point you out, just preach or pray for me. I I need Jesus in my heart and life. Lift up that hand while the heads are bowed. Will you do that? I see that hand. I see. Will you? I see that hand. What about your hand? What about you? I see that hand. Yeah, I see that one. I see that one. What about your hand? Listen, people. I see that one. <laughs> He's no intruder, but he'll come in if you invite him. The Bible says harden not your heart for today is the day of salvation. Just a few years ago, I'm going to say this, we're going to dismiss. Just a few years ago, it was a day maybe likened to today. Preached a message and there was a young lady that came that morning. We dismissed. She'd walked out through the doors and Quite honestly, I thought she'd left. A few moments later, there was just a few of us left in the church, and you know how we congregate around afterwards. So it had been a while. She'd come back in and come running up both steps, tears flowing down both her face there. And she said, Preacher, will you pray for me? I need God. I need to find God. The five or six that were left here, we come and we kneeled down and we prayed. I don't know what might have been. Don't leave us thinking what might have been.